Ea kunui ia kurahi naumai, haramai ki tēnei wahanga a te ahika. As tikanga Māori or Māori practices have adapted and changed to suit this COVID-19 lockdown, no doubt we've seen more information sharing and overall communication via technology. And it's these platforms, Facebook, live streaming, Skype and Zoom that have become the new meeting place. But can this be the new marae? Dr Wayne Ngata says a marae is only as strong as its people and if the people are more online these days, well, it could be. Coming up this week on Tiahika, we talk about tikanga and the marae. People are living their lives on social media in communication with others. As some may ask, is that how our marae operated or operate as well? So where do people meet? <laughs> in virtual marae. Engai, we o te motu, koe nga te horopaki o te kōrero e whaiake nei. That's coming up in this edition of Tiahi Yes, it's a conversation style show this week. Heruku kōrero. Ko Tiahi Ka tēnei, ko Justin Maria Hou, nā reira, kia mau tonu mai te rongo. In the book Tikanga Māori, Living by Māori Values, Sir Hirini Mukumid writes that Tikanga Māori might be described as the Māori ethic, referring in particular to a system of philosophy of conduct and principles. He also states that tika means to be right, and thus Tikanga Māori focuses on the correct way of doing something. This involves moral judgments about appropriate ways of behaving and acting in everyday life. So, because of the COVID-19 lockdown, the way in which tangihanga, or burial rites, is carried out has had to change in order to keep people safe in their bubbles and stop the spread of COVID-19. Kānohi ki te kānohi, or face-to-face interactions, in the physical sense, has been replaced with online interactions. Is this the marae of the future? Dr. Wainata offers up his own insights and perspectives. I ask him what the role of a marae is today. Uh, it has become the the beacon, the rallying point, the symbol, the uh, practical means of Māori expression in this day and age. Um, and when you consider the uh, history over the last maybe 100, 200 years, then you've had a transition from uh, you're talking about waka from waka as your symbol mm. of mana mm. um, to fare, uh, not necessarily marae, but fare being more central and being part of the wider marae, pa, and we still call them uh, kainga. That's become more and more the focus of where Māori uh, meet, um, conduct whatever. We conduct, carry out those sorts of activities, get together, uh, reconnect. So the, the marae in that sense, over the last uh, certainly um, three or four generations, has become that focal point. Where does it go? Uh, I, I always, uh, not always, uh, in recent times, uh, I make comments about the most active marae that we have currently is not actually a physical marae. It's probably social media. Uh, 
mm. where all those things that occur on social media are those things that occur on our marae, whether they're at the back or in the front, whether they're formal type of uh, types of things or or gossip, which is <laughs> a necessary part of marae <laughs> etiquette, <laughs> um, or just out and out um, abuse sometimes, and people are living their lives on social media in communication with others as some may ask is that how MRI operated or operate as well so where do people meet <laughs> in virtual marae yeah what about marae is that that frontier where where tikanga and kawa is prevalent mm. does that mean that to the detriment of our marae it becomes a place where less and less maori Go there. I think it's important to understand that the whole notion of of marae is, is about where people are, where mm. people uh, meet, and so wherever it is people meet, whether it's someone's house, uh, whether it's in a, a church hall or a building somewhere, so it's it's made into a, a, a marae of sorts to conduct certain things. So it's where people meet now. Um, we've made it. Uh, uh, we've, we've built over some generations a number of physical marae, yes. fari, around the country, and refurbished and so on and so forth, and uh, to to cement that type of operation. Because in doing so, we bring a uh, a physical manifestation or expression of our culture, of zet tikanga and kawa and all those sorts of things. And in some cases, it might be the only place or the last bastion where the Māori language is used. Um, and, you know, that's a, an indictment on us, but it's a reality for some. So of the... I don't know actually how many marae in the country. Uh, I know there are something like 160-something on the East Coast. Most of them are peopled by groups who people other marae as well. So, mm. you know, <laughs> moving pai-pai. Uh, back and front sort of thing and you have to consider why Amrai established why are Fare built there to bring people together Not Where to are, carry out our practices uh, and uh, well in doing so in bringing people together then there are considerations cultural considerations all that sort of thing they become part of that so you have to consider where are people um and you know, and and this is about being pragmatic, and and it doesn't, and it also happened in 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 pre-European times, post-contact, where you had shifting populations. Yes, our people were transient; yes. they didn't stay in one place for the one time. Uh, and being transient, you you found the place, you built up your resource, you developed your assets, you you know grew your families, and then you you either decided to move or were moved. <laughs> and so you shifted and did that again. If we're honest, uh, uh, the Māori population is mainly centred in the wider Auckland, Waikato, Bay of Plenty, Tauranga area. That's where people are. In the other provincial regions, depleting populations. What does that do? Uh, there's more Māori in Perth than there are in, on the East Coast, for instance. Gold Coast, Brisbane, all that that eastern seaboard of Australia and the far western part. 
According to the 2018 census, Māori make up 16.5% of the population, with a median age of 25. Most live in the urban areas away from their Tūranga Waiwai or tribal homelands. Almost 130,000 Māori live in Australia. That's around one in six. Many moved across the ditch or were simply born there. What does that tell us? Māori are still transient, Māori still move. Therefore, what happens to marae? Where does that marae go? It goes with people. And we, or some of us, who still live at home, so to speak, and maintain our marae from, that was from our childhood and so on and so forth, are we being unrealistic? Are we holding on to something? Um, for good reason, for good reason, but ignoring the fact that that reason has shifted, as our people did. It's not as if our people stayed in one place for the last 50 generations. No, they shifted around those places. So we've got to be realistic. So the yeah. strength of marae therefore lies in the strength of the people. The strength of marae lies in, the, in having people. Uh, extremely important. Uh, mm. And there are many like that, sadly. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, it, it's it's it is something that's in our in our corridor around uh, uh, and and Marae become deserted. People move elsewhere. Uh, fewer and fewer to look after the back and the front. Mm. Therefore, what happens? Um, do we maintain that? Some do very strongly. To what end? Mm, to what end? And when your people are elsewhere, we, 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 you know, the classic is, and I, and I, I can only talk about the East Coast, on our marae, we, we connect or reconnect our people who are elsewhere with marae at home. And people enjoy that to the extent that they get their, their fill. Mm. You know, they reconnect, they get their shot, then they go back to their real lives. And we, and we should not denigrate them for that, because that's life. Hey. Mm. Uh, and so we'll see you again in two years. <laughs> <laughs> come back for powers. <laughs> so this whole notion of come back to your marae, you know, mm-hmm. don't stay away for too long, come back, come back, could actually be more about who is coming back to the marae, yeah. and therefore what role does the marae... And why. And why. Yeah. The prevalence of, of whānau reunion, the prevalence of marae reunion tells us something, that, that we have engineered ways and means to keep reconnecting. At what point do we say, right, we need to reconnect with another place because that's where my people are. Have, uh, and then we have these issues around, you know, around what is mana whenua? What is that exactly? And how do you establish that? How do you maintain that? Again, it comes down to people. If your people are not there, then more and more we will struggle to maintain what we might want to maintain. Mm. So so in, in all of that, we're trying to be positive around what is the future of tikanga Māori, of te kawata Māori, irungi te marae, and, and what happens there? How do we, uh, you know, I think about uh, what, what Po said once, uh, heard him say, 
Over the last three weeks, especially seen online, a range of communities from across the country have banded together to help each other out. From the essential health service workers to those preparing home care and food packages for the Komatua, or everyone else just pitching in. The exchange of kindness could be deemed as koha, that is the tikanga or practice around giving. Going back to the book Tikanga Māori Living by Māori Values by Dr Hirini Mukomid, he writes that koha could be in the form of food, kaimoana, the lending of taonga to display at an event, and even the gift of time. The book states that koha was a contribution to the occasion in a display of kinship solidarity. Today, koha is usually seen in the form of money, laid down on the marae in an envelope from the guests and received from the hosts or the hokainga during the pōhiri or welcome. But in other aspects, it can be given as a private koha to a bereaved family, for example. Or a koha could be about helping at the back in the farekai or kitchen. In this next part of our corridor with Dr. Wainata, he discusses the practice of koha, both past and present. He begins here by saying that koha is really about the idea of giving back to others. He had any what do you take in your hands to some place, whether it's marae, whether it's someone's house, visiting someone, whatever? What do you take, mm. eh? What do you give to something? Wow, never eh? heard it like that. Yeah, well, uh, I always remember Fari uh, here talking about it, Whakamaungaringa. And he talked about it when I think he was explaining to somebody the, um, the who he's been paid for by ABC. Uh, we don't need to put a koha down. Ah, taihua. Ah, tēnā. Me whātorotoratu tōpūkoro. Whakamaungaringa, hea tōkoha, get the kaupapa. Yeah, I said, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Because one aspect of the who you've been paid for does not... Yeah, necessarily um, talk about koha. Yeah. So so we're in a really, in a Māori, are in that sort of situation now where we might have a kaupapa that is resourced by some agency and people turn up on the understanding that everything's paid for. Paid for. So what do you do? You still need to think, oh, how taku get the kaupapa? If it's an important cope what is my contribution? Me whātaro tūringa ki me Sometimes I think to myself, um, you know, if there's a hui coming up, um, I mean, in, in recent past I've asked people, me uh, You know, people ask, well, well what's... What are we doing? How how na fakaritinga? Oh, me hari kai mai. Yes, just bring <laughs> yeah, a plate. Bring yourself a smile and a plate, <laughs> and 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 some brains. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you work for an organisation, 
that doesn't necessarily have any policies that relate to yeah. donation policies and koha doesn't feature. And how do you navigate that space where you're Māori, you work in the public sector, yeah. of saying to your you know, boss, this is what I believe koha is, what, yeah. what shall I do about it? That, that, that whole koha policy type of approach, <laughs> it's certainly in a number of agencies now around trying to help your colleagues understand one and then do something too. What it, what it shouldn't do is put that in concrete, which it tends to sometimes. So you say, refer to core policy uh, and this is what you do. Well, actually, you might or might not and you might do more. Um, so when it comes to individuals turning up as part of that kaupapa, what do you do yourself? And so I think we, we're challenged all the time by by that. The safest way around it is, you know, and I think, what did our old people do regardless? I was thinking about uh, Tom Tamaro, and he travelled a lot, mm. Tom Tamaro from, from Ruatoria. And everywhere he went, I remember, uh, you know, it could be at the marae, it could be someone's house, it could be something. He'd always stand and have his say and put something down wherever it was. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's normal practice. And others did it as well. I think, yeah, because you go with that in mind. Uh, and then you might get not distracted, but be uh, there might be an in- intervened and asked to go to another kopapa. So you go there and you give to that kopapa as well, and then you carry on. Um, yeah, you end up poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's gas. There's just all practical, practical considerations. Like eh? Petrol. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, so it's a challenging environment for Māori, particularly Māori who work in non-Māori organisations, yes. and in, and shall I say, even in some Māori organisations. Yeah. Because everybody is determined by um, government funding. Yeah, they have got their, you know... You've got your bit and this is what this is for. You've got your annual general report to audit. Where's this koha going? <laughs> What's this? So is it acceptable to take someone... Um, yeah. So you can go with a kai. It's that exchange. It doesn't have to be money. Why do? No. Why are people hung up on putia? It's just that money is is a representation of something that can be utilised, uh, and it becomes a, a convenient yeah. way of doing it. Uh, in recent times, I do see people bringing other stuff back in. Uh, I started a role at Awanuiarangi some years ago. I think 2014. And anyway, um, I had to travel from home, Tolaga Bay, to Whakatane on my first day, which was a Monday. And so I left about four o'clock from home, called into the garage at home to fill up. And while I was at the garage, my cousin who was serving me, someone had just dropped him um, a bucket of um, of, of crayfish. So, and, and, and he, you know, he gets sick of this stuff. But anyway, he said, oh, damn, hey, you want these? I said, okay. So I took him. And um, when I got to our new yarding, they forgot rather ya, and that was my koha. And I simply said, oh, I wrapped it up in something so they didn't say, put it down, say, nee. Mangati koro. Kitau yete o ngati koro ruatuki. And they got it too because they saw these things wriggling. <laughs> wow. But anyway, so you, know, so you take the moment and the opportunity and you make sense of it. In, in many cases, you don't make a thing a koha, but sometimes you do. It's appropriate to. Yeah. So, so in that case, it's oh well, chance, opportunity, 
there you are, um, and you build a relationship. Mm. Um, so, so in recent times, I've noticed some people who go to um, hui, kopapa, they 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 do put down koha of a different sort and kai. Yep, that used to be done and used to be done quite lavishly sometimes because it, it was a show of influence and mana and prestige and your ability to provide and give. Tēnā koe, Dr. Wayne Ngata, nō tiaitanga a hauiti, ngāti ira, ngāti porau. Coming up next week, we'll hear another perspective about koha from Dr. Hare Williams. And Dr. Ngata returns and discusses the paipai tapu, the oratory benches on the marae. Ka hoki mai aua kōrero a te wiki e tūmai nei. Before the end of the show, Kahuria Hau Kite Maunga Fakahi o Taranaki, Kite Krauwara Ate Huirangi Waikere Puru, Ihinga Ingara Kotaha Kenei. A special acknowledgement of the work, service, and contribution made by Dr. Te Huirangi Waikere Puru, Kotene Rangatira o Taranaki Fanui, who passed away on the 9th of April at the age of 91. Waikere Puru was at the helm of Nakaifaka Pumo Itereo Māori. Many seeds were grown from the efforts of this leader and many others, including the protest to make the Māori language an official language of New Zealand. It did, which then led to the establishment of Iwi Radio and Māori Television. Not forgetting his service to the tertiary education union, language revitalisation programmes, and of course broadcasting. E rere ngā tai aroha kia rātou e noho pani nei. Koe rā tātou nei wahanga mō tēnei rā. That's the show for another week. Join Tiahika next Sunday. Kia pai tā koutou noho haumaru. Tēnā tātou katoa.
Find the valley of the hunger of the beast. 